Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Allahumma salli wa barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallim tislima. Welcome everybody to the Sabina Sadi Nothing But Facts live stream and it's Monday. So Monday means we do the circumstances of revelation and then we have an open QA and we have some guests here as you can see. We got Ismail Khatib who uh, has been on the podcast before uh, but you haven't seen him live on this live stream. So he'll be pitching in, chiming in. And we have some other guests that might be uh, hanging out with us today. So let's get straight to it. Today, we're on Surah Kofa. And Imam Siyuti's Esbab al-Nazul says that Bazar narrates from in his Senate from Ibn Abbas. He says, Qadima Ka'b ibn Ashraf. Ka'b ibn Ashraf was one of the nastiest enemies of the Prophet His mother was uh, a Jewish woman from Khaybar. And his father was a pagan from Medina. Yathrib. And it says, he came to Quraysh. Quraysh said to him, Anta Sayyidum, ala tara ila hadha al-mutasabbir al-mutabattir min qawmi yaz'umu anna khayrun minna wa nahnu ahlu al-hajiji wa ahlu al-siqaya wa ahlu al-sadana qala antum khayrun minna. So he went from Yathrib all the way over to Mecca and he's talking about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Quraysh said to him, Look at you. Aren't you the chief? Aren't you one of the chiefs of the people of, of Yathrib? Right? And now this man, this, uh, uh, I guess in their words, like an innovator for them, or someone who is usurping, is now saying that you're better than him. He's better than them, and all that, and all this. And then he says, and you people ran the Hajj, and you fed people water, Zemzam, and you're all the, the rulers of Quraysh. Okay. And then he says, you are truly better than all men than him. Okay, so talking nonsense, essentially. Just putting down the prophet peace be upon him. With nonsense. You did this better. And where in Islam does this ever say that, well, we have that a moment is superior than a kid. But we just don't know how anyone did it die. That's the thing. So we actually do say, yes, a one who believes in Allah, at this moment in time, because of his iman, I believe in Allah is master, he's better than one who does it, right? Because he's doing he has a virtue that's superior. There's no doubt about that, right? So by that virtue, but we say you don't know how you're gonna die, you don't know how someone else is gonna die, but iman may be lost, their iman may be gained. And it's not a a, a license to to go and oppress them. That's what that's one of the things when people say, Oh, well, we're all the same. No, we're not all the same. Do you the people who say we're all the same? So are you the same Republicans? Right? Republicans are the same as you know uh, Democrats, left wing, same as right wing. No, so on political matters, they do have a difference, right? So we're not all the same. So religion, when they say well, all, all religions are all equal and the same, because you don't care about it, right? To me, I don't care if you like the Yankees or Mets, it's all the same, right? Because I don't care about baseball. So they don't care about something, then they all it's all the same. When they do care about something, no, you're canceling people left and right. You're promoting people, right? So no, people are all the same in subjects that you don't care about. But when you really care about something, no, not everyone's the same, right? Go ask the bank if everyone's equal. No, some people got a credit score and some people don't, right? Some people are worthy of a loan, some people don't. So you treat people differently. You go and uh, when you have a meeting, if you have a meeting and there's a guy who wants to take out who's got who's good for the money, and a guy who's not good for the money at all, who's going to get the first loan meeting person, right? So when people care about something, they do have a hierarchy. Okay? And the creator himself, he has a hierarchy. 
it's based upon your submission to him. And then, but the question is, uh, are we allow, allowed to put people down to oppress them? That's a different story. And that's something that Allah Ta'ala teaches us. Uh, and Surah Al-Tahreem, if you want to read about that, and Surah Al-Mujadala as well. Akhraj uh, Ibn Abi Shayba. Ibn Abi Shayba, he's the teacher of uh, Imam Muslim. He's Imam Muslim Shayba, actually. Uh, and he has a book called Al-Musannif. And Ibn Mundir, in another, Imam Suyuti loves Ibn Mundir. He cites him all the time. On uh, Aikinima, they narrated a hadith from Aikinima, قَالَ لَمَّا أُوْحِيَ إِلَى النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ when Wahi came to the Prophet, peace be upon him, Quraysh said, Butira Muhammadun minna. Right? Muhammad is cut off from us. Like we, we cut him off, basically. Okay. And Al Aftar, Surah Quraysh, or Al Kothar, sorry. Al Aftar is someone who's cut off, like the lineage is cut off. That's Al Aftar. By the way, if you're on Instagram, make sure you put your questions in the little box, because that way I'll see them. Because I'm not on Instagram yet. Once I get on, I won't see your questions unless it's in the box. So they said, he's cut off from us. Some says, oh, your enemies are the ones who are cut off. And when Allah says your enemies are cut off, they're literally cut off. Their goals, their their purpose, as the like their philosophy of how Mecca should be and their paganism is going to be cut off. And also, literally, their lineage is going to be cut off. So there's no more lineage of Abu Jahl. There's no more lineage of Abu Lahab. Even though Abu Lahab got a little bit, not for himself, but for his sons. Because his sons did enter Islam later on. When the Prophet Sallallahu had conquered Mecca and everything, the sons came into Islam. So Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, they, they continued their lineage for some while, but then it ended. The only prophetic lineage that exists right now are the, the four lineages from Abu Talib, Aqil, Jafar, and Ali. Sayyidina Ali from uh, his other wives. Then the lineage of Sayyidina Fatima through Hassan Hussein. Then the lineage of Al-Abbas through Abdullah bin Abbas. Those are all the, the ones that do not accept zakat. And when people go to these, what used to be called niqab al-ashraf, the, 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 the niqab al-ashraf is basically the, uh, it's an office that monitors the ahl-bayt so that there's no liars and there's no one, none of them missing out. And they document them. And it used to be, I don't know how, how it is right now, but they still have it. They have dinners, right? And they have, you register, you get a card. In Egypt, that's how I know it is. And Morocco, it's, I think, more serious. Syria, more, like, not, I shouldn't say more serious, but as formalized as Egypt. India used to have, all the Muslim countries used to have this. They consider this wedge. Why? Because you have to make sure you're not to give them zakat, and they do receive from the uh, spoiled war. Back when we used to conquer stuff. Now we get conquered. Right? Has been a conquest in so long. No one's even watched your turn. Akharaj ibn Abi Hatim an Sudi كانت قريش تقول إذا مات ذكور الرجل بطير فلان فلما مات ولد النبي So here's just to show you that how much hatred that they have. If you're if you have an enemy and that enemy their son dies, you actually there's even some decency, right? There's even some some public decency just for a show at least. Well, this Quraysh didn't even do that. These Quraysh, they made fun of Prophet when his son passed away. Okay, when the Prophet ﷺ, he had his son passed away. Okay, Al Qasim passed away. Then later Ibrahim passed away in Medina. But when his son passed away, they made fun of him. Someone may say, "Well, why would Allah Taala give him a son anyway to take it away?" 
three sons and take them all away as children, right? This was to show that he's capable of having sons. There's nothing wrong with him. To, to demonstrate this to all the people, that there's nothing wrong with the prophet. He, he can have sons. He's physically sons. But at this, and also to, to give him sons, because even if you have a son for two years, it's nice, right? But also at the same time, if he lived, if any of my sons lived, they would have been a prophet. Shows that prophethood actually it runs in the lineage, something that's in the lineage. So if it was a son to son to lineage, that would have been a prophet. So next one. Tabarani narrates with a weak senate on Abi Ayyub al Ansari. We have two Abu Ayyubs here, by the way. His son. Ibrahim ibn Rasulullah when Ibrahim the son of the Prophet passed away. When pagans went around and said, in this this apostate, because they they used to say the Prophet is an apostate out of the pagan religion, right? In the the, the Sabians means the apostate. And the Sabians are mentioned in a good way in the Quran. They're the, the people who are pagan who are actually um uh, left paganism to just have a sense of monotheism, but they never came across Judaism or Christianity. So they actually didn't know what the truth was. But they knew that their fitra tells them there is a creator, one God. They don't know much about that God, right? Or afterlife, or soul. But they knew that there is a creator, and they know that paganism is, is nothing. Because you don't need a proof to know that. You don't need a, a, a transmitted proof from a prophet to know that paganism is false. Right? Uh, Hey, what's one? Us. Can you push that light? It's still glaring a lot on my glasses. I need to get those. Thank you so much. I need to get these glare free glasses. Have you ever seen those before? Oh, it's like, it's, it's amazing. They're like glare free. I hate this word about glares on the glasses. Anyway, so the Sabian is actually a good person in the Quran, mentioned well, uh, virtuous. So they didn't get any message, but they knew the pagan is wrong. You don't need a transmitted prophet to tell you. Or transmit evidence to tell you that paganism is wrong. Allah, whenever he condemns paganism, he says, don't you think? Right? It's just a rock. It's just something that someone made. You can't possibly believe that this thing made the world when it only existed this in your lifetime. Right? Someone built it. So it's uh, it doesn't require that. And they, they saw me use their brains and they realized they rejected all this. And so that's why they're magical. It means an apostate out of a religion. So they call, used to call the Prophet Asabit. He's been cut off. If He's been cut off. Butira. Okay. Um, I should say. Uh, so it is, um, he has been cut off. Passive form of verb. And so Allah Ta'ala reveals Surah to the So all these things happened to the Prophet. Now, Al Kothar is a fountain in paradise. So Allah is saying, you have this fountain of paradise. But you see, in the tafsir of the Quran, there's always the most correct tafsir. There is a most correct tafsir. But also, tafsir of Quran can be that if the wording matches and it does not negate what is the correct tafsir, you can also, it's also a valid tafsir. So the ruling in tafsir is that which means that when you interpret, you interpret by language, not by the circumstance of revelation. Okay. So in this case, Al-Kawthar is the Prophet, peace be upon him. 
but it's also a Seyed Fatima because she is like a fountain for the Prophet Sallallahu lineage at Hassan and Hussein. From her comes all the lineage of the Prophet So he's saying, yes, you, okay, you lost the lineage. So, because you might say to yourself, he lost the lineage and got a fountain. It doesn't match, right? A lineage and a fountain doesn't match, right? There's nothing connection there. So the connection is that Al-Kawthar is, is Sayyidah Fatima. And that's one of the reasons people name Kosar, right? Yes, it's the fountain, but it's also Sayyidah Fatima because she, it, through her, is all the lineage of the Prophet. And it's going to spread far and wide beyond all these other lineages. And it is the biggest lineage in the world, right? Right now, there's no lineage greater. There's no claims. Let's just say by claims, right? There's no claim to lineage greater than the claim of the Prophet. After the Messenger, peace be upon him, you know who it is? Uthman, you know who it is? Yeah. Take a guess. Who's who's who? What claim of lineage is the biggest claim? Lineage of the Prophet, peace be upon. Who? No, like people. Yeah. It's Genghis Khan. Yeah, yeah. And I have people who's told me we've combined both lineages, the Prophet and Genghis Khan. What are you saying? This guy's like, why are you so proud of this? Right. <laughs> Uh, secondly, there's no documentation for that at all. Oh, we're, we're, we're descended from Genghis Khan. Who knows that? No, no one, no one. That guy was committing zina everywhere he went. That's why. And then everyone's claiming the lineage so that they could get some kind of, I don't know, perk in the old world, like way back in the old times, that you're a descendant of Genghis Khan. Uh, there's no there's no documentation of proof for this. Akhraj ibn Jarir and Sa'id ibn Jubair. Sa'id ibn Jubair is considered the most pious of the Tabi'in, while Sa'id ibn Musayyib is the most knowledgeable. Tabi'in is the second generation of Muslims. Fasalli li rabbika wanhar. So, to your Lord and sacrifice. In other words, slaughter. Slaughter an animal and give. So, when your son dies, you don't have, a, uh, like, aqiqa is for when son's born, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet, slaughter after the death of the son, which is to say, be ready, take this symbolic action. You're going to have so many lineage, so much lineage, basically, because slaughtering, and nahar is slaughtering. Slaughtering is not meant for when someone dies. We don't do that. But Allah is saying, we have given you this great gift, so pray and gratitude and slaughter, right? Even though this is after a death, not after a birth, right? So slaughter, because you're going to have so many, such a long lineage. نزلت يوم الحديبية أتاه جبريل فقال انحر وركع فقام فخطب خطبة خطبة الفطر والنحر ثم ركع ركعتين ثم انصرف إلى البدن فنحرها قلت فيه غرابة شديدة He said this is a weird narration I'm not even going to read it It's basically about حديبية that the prophet gave a khutbah It's very strange uh, he says and he says but النحر for all the vegetarians out there is when you take the spear or the knife and you pierce the neck because the veins are all connected here, right? For the skinny neck of the camel. And so, and it's hard to, to, to get the camel down and to slaughter it. Slaughter is side to side. It's not easy to do that. So they keep it standing. They hold it, someone holds it with a rope and then they, they stab the, the neck. Right, because all the veins are here, and then you're going to hit 
the the necessary four veins, which are the two jugular veins, then the throat, and then the windpipe, the trachea, and the what is the throat? Hey Oz, aren't you uh, a medical student? What's the throat? The esophagus? No. The trachea is the windpipe, yeah. and then the throat is. The larynx. No, what's uh, the throat? Where the food goes down. Esophagus. Yeah. Yeah. So esophagus, trachea, and then the two jugular veins. So for the camel, that's all bunched up. So you just boom, one strike, and turn turn it. You you put the knife in and you turn it, and then you pull it out, and then all the blood comes. I saw it once, bro. It's as if you took a fire hydrant and it was come blood was coming out of the fire hydrant, right? It was going up like 20 feet. No, no joke, 20 feet. And the way they did it, it was Qatar. I was there for Eid. My parents had lived there for a while. So a crane holds, comes down and pushes the camel down. So the camel is, is in a position where it can't move. It's sitting and it can't move. Okay. Then someone holds the, like on a rope, holds the neck of the camel. And then another man comes in. He puts the knife up, turns it real quick, and then pulls it out. And then psh, an amount of blood I you cannot imagine, right? How much blood is in a camel? Hey, yeah, go into your phone. How much blood is in a, in a, is in a, an adult camel? That's how many gallons, right? Uh, Ismail will get it. That's how many gallons of blood was just coming out. It was insane. And they had walls too, like they had like. Uh, plexiglass they had put up plexiglass so you could see your animal being slaughtered it wasn't a, like huge operation right so everyone could see their animal being slaughtered through the plexiglass and you just see this all coming up okay okay uh, is it Mumnuman Asarf? I don't know. Asbaha Muhammadun Abatar. Muhammad has become Abtar. Fagadahu Dalik Fanazarat inna Alpine. I could go there. So I'm telling you. 37 liters sound right? 37 liters. What's that in gallons? I'd have to. All right. Let's go to the next book while we find out how many. 37 liters. 10 gallons almost. 10 gallons? Does that sound right? No, it's got to be more. Yeah. It's got to be more. Let's just say 100 gallons. It's a very interesting. It's a very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I think for a very interesting search history on my phone now. How, how is it not coming up? I said, <laughs> how much blood is in the camel? <laughs> you have Siri? <laughs> no. What if Siri would answer that? Uh, I have Google. Uh, the age of the camels vary from 5 to 18 years old, something. and the weight varies from 375 to 530 kilograms. The average pack cell volume is two grams, serum, blah, blah, blah. Blood volume was 37. What animal has the most blood? It's whales, of course. Yeah. Uh, all right. How much blood is in a cow? 27,000 to 36,000 milliliters. No, we need, we're yeah, in so America. That's, that's basically we're in the USA. 27,000 to what? Huh? 27,000 to 36,000 milliliters. So it's 36 liters. 36 liters. 27 to 36 liters, which is how many pounds? No, 20, like 30, it's 27 so to 36 10 liters. For 10 gallons? Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds about right for a camel. It's about 10, gallons. 10 yeah. gallons. Like a gallon of milk is not that much. But that, but right? that, no, but think of if you if you dumped a gallon of milk on the floor, it's going to be a It's going to be a big mess. Yeah. Yeah. Same with blood. So, <laughs> that was a lot of blood. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Let's see what uh, Imam Anesafi says. 
امام النسفي بعد سوره الكوثر ان اعطيناك الكوثر هو فوائل من الكوثر من الكثره الكوثر is from al-kathra right from the, um, the the word allah kathir right the word allah so kathra derives from the word kathra so the prophet has kathra of the of the of the fa- his fountain in paradise is a kathra and his lineage is a kathra a kathra means an abundance all right um fil ahla min al-asali so the kothar is described it's water in paradise is not a fountain of water right a fountain of water it's not that exciting right it's just water but allah would not give the prophet just water he says that it's sweeter than honey it's whiter than milk it's cooler than ice and it's as soft as creamy as butter Right or elianu, softer as butter. Right, hafatahu as zabrajad wa awanihi min fidda. The cups are made out of silver. Ibn Abbas says, "Who al khair al kathir?" Ibn Abbas says, "Al kawthar is al khair al kathir." A lot of goodness. So that makes it a general tafsir that a lot of things could fit into it, including the lineage. فَقِيلَ لَهُ إِنَّ نَاسًا يَقُولُونَ هُوَ نَهْرٌ فِي الْجَنَّةِ فَقَالَ هُوَ مِنَ الْخَيْرِ الْكَثِيرِ They said, oh, Ibn Abbas, people said it's the river in paradise, the fountain in paradise, which is the, the source of all the rivers of paradise. He said, it is Allah al-khayr al-kathir. So he kept it general. فَصَلِّ لِرَبِّكَ وَانْحَرْ فَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ الَّذِي أَعَزَّكَ بِإِعْطَائِهِ وَشَرَّفَكَ وَصَانَكَ So this Lord of yours, He's honored you. He's elevated you. Okay. He's protected you. He's protected you from these people. For Allah's sake, slaughter. So slaughter, go against what they do, slaughter. And then he says here that uh, the shani'aka, what is the shani'aka? The one who hates you. And this is actually, until the end of time, the haters of the Prophet, their lineage will be cut off. This is a promise. You can check it. Who hated the Prophet, peace be upon him, in history? See if he has a lineage. From the recent history, all the cartoonists, see if they have, how. let's see if their lineage is going to last. If they even have lineages. They even have like a lineage now. A lot of these guys are just old Dudes living by themselves in France and stuff. Okay. They are the ones, they will be cut off from all good. All good will be cut off from them. Okay. So he says here, this is beautiful. He says, everyone who is born until the day of judgment from the believers is, I guess, majazin, metaphorically, they're your children. Meaning that they're your inheritors. They're, they're taking on, they're carrying your your mission. From that aspect, they're your, your aqab, your aqab, your followers. Okay, They raise your name. They speak it on the pulpits. They call it on the uh, minarets. And they remember you. 
right? Everyone who remembers Allah and worships Allah from the Muslims, of course, is a remembering the Prophet, peace be upon him. Until the end of time. Okay. They begin by Bismillah and we then praise the Prophet. And isn't that how everyone starts? If you start a family meeting, you start the same way. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah. Every serious matter has begun like this. And you get in the akhirah what cannot be described. So someone like that can never be called abtar. Innamal abtar huwa shani'uka. Al-munsi. Or munsa fid dunya wal The one who is forgotten. He's forgotten completely. Uh, and the only way that Abu Lahab and Abu Jahl are remembered is in cursed, by being cursed, by being hated. That's a, that's their dhikr. Their dhikr is their, their hate. Allah has called him an abtar, wal abtar alladhi la uqbala. He has no, no one to carry his lineage, no one to carry his inheritance, no one to carry his message, no one to carry anything. Okay. Wa huwa khabar in huwa. All right, so let's stop here and let's, Ismail, do you have anything to say before we go to the comments and questions? No, jump right into it. Okay, I'll let's jump. try when it's going on. Folks, today is open uh, QA. We don't always do an open QA, but today we are. Uh, Monday, we do the open QA. So let's go for an open QA, inshallah ta'ala. Uh, everyone is welcome to chime in with their Q&A. And let's, uh, Ryan, why don't we kick it off? Uh, everyone Oops, is- I got to love the vine here. All right, go ahead, Ryan. You're okay, up. somebody asked, can a Muslim father permit his daughter to marry someone who only converted to Islam so they won't commit zina? And to please the father. Can a Muslim father marry his daughter to a woman, to a man, that he he's just becoming Muslim so that they don't commit zina, right? Well, we should say that that's, first of all, that's an assumption, right? He's assuming that. Because if he says it, I'm not just doing this just to get married, then that shahad is invalid itself, Right? I'm just saying that so I can get married. We would, you just negated it, right? But in in general, marriage is valid. If he's a Muslim, right? And if and if she's going to do this in it anyway, then you should try probably legitimize this, right? Because you have to look at there's an ideal, but then there's the reality in front of your face. The reality in front of your face is. She's doing it anyway, whether you like it or not. So do you have a choice at this point? Cut your losses. So sometimes you have to look at a matter and cut your losses before shooting for an ideal that you're not even going to come close to. So Ryan, does that, did I understand the question correctly? He's it's, it's a valid marriage for sure. It's valid. Is it the wisest? Is it you're in a bad situation? If your daughter's committing zina, this is the situation between bad and worse. And so the guy's going to take a shahada just for the sake of marriage. So you're in a bad situation, but it is a valid marriage. It's not zina. You you successfully avoided zina. That's what we could say, and that's the best that you're going to get out of that type of situation. All right, uh, open QA today. Please recommend a basic book for new Muslims that teaches all about the basics of practice. Oh, we got to get our book up there. Maybe this week we're getting fit essentials up there, right? And it's going to be 
So Zara, keep uh, in mind our our uh, our book. That to me is collected everything about how to pray, how to fast, basic beliefs, basic culture of Muslims, basic words like inshallah, mashallah. What do these words mean? The months of the year, the holidays, the calendar. All right, and there's there we touch on the prohibitions of the tongue, the things that Muslims should never talk about, say, and then disease of the heart. We touch upon that. So I would recommend. Uh, going there, uh, getting that uh, as soon as we put it up, inshallah. Brian, you're up. And Muslims eat machine cut meat. Can we have meat that is machine cut? The answer is never about the validity of a machine. Okay, because the ittisad, the connection, is that's like an ijtihad that uh, the, the person has to be right connected to the animal. So if I have a knife like this and I had a knife that's 10 yards long, right? It doesn't make a difference. It's a knife. So the machine is in the position of a knife. And I've gotten that even from the brother of Dar Salaam in Chicago. I've, I've presented this to them. They said, no, no, we, the machine is not the issue. From the Maliki of Egypt and Algeria and Morocco, the machine is not the issue. The issue is, does the machine do the job? That is the, oh, the question. Okay. Is the idea that uh, and that's and the other issue is the best matter, but that's a lesser issue because in in the uh, and only in the Hanafi madhab it's wajib. I hate to quote the other madhabs, but this one I knew this. I know this one question. They have to have the best matter on every animal. The Shafi'iyah, the best matter is mandub. In the Maliki madhab, the best matter on the group is permitted. And the best matter, if it's forgotten, it's okay. It's only if it's intentionally left off. So the issue is. When these, when these animals are in the hundreds of thousands on a machine, someone must make sure that the animals are actually getting slaughtered. Okay? So they, t they tase these animals with a light tase. Okay? That means that allows the animal to be put up on a machine while it's not wiggling. And it allows the guys, they don't have to run around these chickens. So they get, they, they tase the animal with a, a type of tasing. This is obviously makruh, but they do it, right? They take it, they put it on the machine. Even the hand-slaughtered factories, by the way, they tase. They stick them on the on the, on the the machine. And then the hand-slaughtered factories, these tased chickens will come and slaughter. Their guys are slaughtering all day. Slaughtering, slaughtering, slaughtering. The machine has a knife, and it's running across the knife. There has to be a man checking to make sure the slaughter is actually happening. Because what if that animal wiggles? If the machine gets blunt... That's the issue of machine slaughtered chicken is the actual execution of it and is not the, the, the concept of a machine. Okay. The, the concept of a machine is an extension of a knife. Okay. Uh, it's a big, huge knife that operates with a button. Okay. So that's not the issue. The issue is the execution of it. So if, the, if a Muslim says, we monitor the execution and we, or, uh, the, 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 that the slaughter actually happens, I don't mean ex execution as in getting it done, not executing somebody. Right? <laughs> so just so someone thinks we're using the wrong term. Uh, it's uh, And they tell you that, yes, we check and we remove the chicken that doesn't get it. So I did this, actually. I called this guy. He's in Maryland. His name is Sadiq. He supplies for Oasis Chicken, which I think I, they changed his name recently. You know Oasis and Chopper? I've heard of them. What did they change their name to recently? I'm not sure. sure. I think I the Oasis is the new name. They used to be something else. But I called the guy. He said, no, we have somebody. And he sits, he sits there all day and watches. If a chicken does not get slaughtered, for some reason, he pulls it off and he, he discards it. 
So, so that's the issue. I have, I have one. You have a comment? Question. Shoot. So, you, uh, with regards to the the lineage that you mentioned earlier, the Prophet doesn't have a direct lineage through his through his sons. Yeah. Is there uh, a particular wisdom, or is does it, is there really a difference in mm -hmm. the fact that his lineage continued through their members? Of, of his family that were not his sons as opposed to him having his sons directly growing up to be men yeah. and so on. The wisdom is the Prophet himself said if I had a son he would be a prophet. No, he, I mean, this is... So it went through that, say the Fatima. That it wouldn't work because of that? Yes. Because it would end up being... He would be a prophet. Meaning that people would view him as such or he would be he being would a prophet? He would be a prophet. There would be in the lineage Nubuwa. Uh, okay. Right? So the Prophet had his uh, his lineage went through say the Fatima. Okay. And the lineage, even in like in the Sharia, counts through one woman. Right. And the proof being uh, one of the, I think, Umayyads or Abbasids, he came and such proof that your uh, actually your lineage counts to the Prophet. It's not through the Prophet; it's through Ali. They said right. because in, by the Sharia and by the old Arab ways, lineage is not by the dad, the 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 mom. That's the way of the Jews. Mm -hmm. Lineage is by the dad. So the Prophet. So then that scholar came back. And he cited him a verse that attributes Sayyidina Isa as the descendant of Ibrahim. How is Isa descendant of Ibrahim unless the lineage goes through Maryam? Right? So that's the proof from the Quran. Uh, FJ Free says, can you speak about the authenticity of Nisfu Shaban? Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about Nisfu Shaban. And that, no, there is no specific ibadah for that. It's general ibadah and dua and istighfar. General. There's nothing specific. There's no specific salah. There's no specific. There are some specific dua that comes in Ibn Abi Shaiba, the Musannaf of Ibn Abi Shaiba, from Abdullah bin Mas'ud. And that dua, because it comes from a Sahabi, we would do that, right? And we're going to do that. And, but I will read the book. Uh, the re I will read you all a book, and we might span it over two different streams on the proof that Nisf Shaban. Is a special night and it's a night in which dua is answered it's a night in which people are forgiven from the hellfire it's a night in which aqdar your destiny is written for the next year you might be thinking isn't my destiny already written forever yes that's with allah and umm al-kitab but there's a loh al-mahfud where based upon your deeds from last year your destiny is written right and of course dua can always alter that loh al-mahfud we're going to read all that, so don't worry. You got to tune in. Uh, Ryan, what you got? What is your advice for those struggling with addiction during Ramadan? I would say that addiction only has one. There's only one rule of thumb for the addict. Is that shaitan does not care that you commit many sins. So you can make tawbah. Shaitan cares that you stop believing that Allah can change you that you stop believing in the qudra of Allah. This is so important, you can't imagine this. Many people, they get, they lose faith in Allah's power, right? That's your test. You're being tested to believe in Allah's ability or his power and his forgiveness and to have sabr and to show some resilience. So your only real cardinal rule, the only cardinal rule is never to give up on this process. So... That's the main thing. And to realize, what is Shaitan's goal in this, all this? Iblis's goal in all this is that you lose hope. And once you lose hope and you don't believe in the Qudra of Allah anymore, then you, the edifice of your Iman is collapsing. 
So that's what he really wants to get out of this. All right, let's go to Farida Khan. Should you say Bismillah before performing wudu in the bathroom with a toilet in it? You can do that in a low voice, just to yourself, essentially. All right, let's go to question from YQ WBDNTW. Sounds like a radio station. <laughs> the woman who is breastfeeding in the month of Ramadan, but her child may get the milk may run dry if she fasts. She is does she have to use the um, um, like this formula? She may continue to breastfeed. Okay, you're not obligated to buy formula. And if you break your fast on account of somebody else, then you owe one fast. You may do it, number one. But when may, may you do it? Only, you must intend to fast that day, but only when you see the other person is going to be harmed, then you may break your fast. And then you have to go after that, the fast of one day, plus you have to feed somebody poor. Because it's not equal to somebody who was sick. You're breaking your fast because somebody else is sick, right? Not because you're sick. So again, the parameters are you must begin, and who this this applies to surgeons, right? The guy who's a nine-hour surgery. So he comes in fasting. By the third hour, he's making mistakes now, right? He's like taking out the wrong, you know, organ and stuff. And the nurses are like, wait. So you can't have that, right? And so he breaks his fast. He breaks his fast at that time. He doesn't break his fast in the morning knowing he's going to surgery. He breaks his fast during the surgery. Okay. Once he realizes that I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm getting weak. And you, you don't just become weak. You get weak, right? So you know I'm getting weak here. I'm not focusing right. You call a 60-second timeout. Okay. Then you go. You break your fast. And then you come back. Now you owe the makeup fast and feeding one poor Muslim, which is like ten bucks. It's called fidya. So as opposed to if you if you're the one who's sick and you break your fast for your own, you only just make up the day. If you if you break your fast for yourself, you only make up one day. That's correct. All right, let's go uh, to Hassan Chaudhry. What is the best du'a to make for repentance of sins? Salah on the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And la ilaha illa anta Ryan, you're up. Is it the father's responsibility to make sure that his daughter, the convert husband, are practicing Islam? Is it a responsibility for a father to make sure his daughter and her convert husband are practicing Islam? The answer technically is that a father is responsible for his son and for what happens inside the house. You can't control people's hearts. You can't control them outside the house. But inside the house, he is responsible for his son until his son works and leaves. Okay. He's responsible for his daughter, and his daughter has a right to live with him and should live on with him until she marries. That's usually how it goes, right? That's what they say. The ulama, that it's his responsibility until she marries, until she gets married. He's she's her his responsibility. Her safety, everything is his responsibility until she marries. Once she marries, and once your son leaves the house. You're an advisor. That's all you can do. Follow up? No, no, no. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Is it permissible in any of the madahib 
to eat non-halal food. Is it permissible in any of the madhahib to eat non-halal food? Um, Burger King, Chick-fil-A. Of course not. Only if a person is about to die. I've never seen anyone in that situation that they're about to die. Right? It's only a Burger King. And there's nothing for Burger King. And even the Burger King has these nasty microwave filet of fish sandwich, right? I don't even, why is it even on the menu? Does anyone ever buy that? Yeah. yeah. Who, Oz, you buy that? Yeah. That's it. The Muslim who's driving and there's absolutely nothing to eat, he buys that rotten old, okay, microwaved uh, fish filet sandwich from Burger King or McDonald's, right? And that's it. We're the only people who buy that. You, in all the medhabs, you must eat the the animal must be slaughtered like this by a Muslim or a Jew or a Christian. I think uh, there is a statement in the Hanbali medhab, don't quote me on it, but you can ask, I'm telling you, go and ask the Hanbalis that if they say that the Jew and Christian, you can eat their meat regardless of how they slaughter. I've heard that. I'm not telling you that that's what it is, but I'm telling you, go and ask the Hanbali that. But anyway, corporations don't have religions. And she's not a Hanbali, right? So, but corporations don't have religions, right? And you're not a Hanbali because if you want to be a Hanbali, we'll make you a Hanbali and many other things too, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can't say that this is the corporation or it's by the person. That's what we judge. It's corporations, they outsource the factories. I have a follow-up to that actually. Follow-up. That's um, debate on whether, for example, you can eat, uh, for instance, a restaurant of mushrikeen here. So, for example, like a Hindu-owned restaurant or yeah. a Chinese-owned that are not Christians. Eating at a Hindu they say restaurant. Some people say, yeah, so people say, well, the, here in the U.S., the suppliers are all the same. So if the supplier of the meat is from a you, Christian source, then, then it would be okay. Is this correct? It's totally halal to eat the vegetables of a pagan. Or the car, the the breads and pastas right. of a pagan. It's just sometimes it's it's not nice for us to walk in and see these gods, right. especially we live in a heavy Hindu populated area, and unless you're a Muslim from India who's accustomed to gods, um, a lot of people are not, and they're like, I'm not eating this place with gods mm. or fake false gods and stuff. So. That's, that's the reason most people don't go into those restaurants. Let's, let's assume it's like takeout or they don't have it. Let's just assume it's a random. Can I order ch like chicken tikka masala or something. Oh, well, let's assume that. you're in China, right? Okay. Let's assume you're in India. Where are you going to eat, right? Now, there's no Muslim restaurant. But then in that you case, the source, the source of the meat, the slaughter of the meat is not, it's, it's from Hindus or from or from uh, non people of Chinese. Of course, you're so not going to eat the meat, here, no doubt. Here in the U.S., they say the meat supplier, like Tyson's meat or something, yeah. is providing the chicken for all these restaurants. Tyson's is providing chicken for a Hindu restaurant. Well, Tyson's itself is not permitted not, for yeah, us to eat because yeah. it's just a corporation. But if they even were if to it's tell Christian you... Owned. Huh? Even if it's Christian-owned, for example. We'd have to see how they yeah. slaughter. Right? If they just... It's Christian company, but they just slaughter like every other company, then it's wrong. Then we can't eat that. Even, let's say, uh, a Hindu restaurant that has a lot of Muslim customers. And they say, we serve halal meat. It happens, right? We have a couple of those. Right, yeah. We still won't accept it unless we actually have a proof inside the restaurant of a Muslim, a Muslim eyewitness to the meat. Then we can accept it, whether it's owned by a Hindu or a pagan or whoever, doesn't matter. If there's a Muslim there in the restaurant, he says, no, this meat right here, I'm testifying to you that it's halal. We can eat that. We have to have a Muslim testimony for that.
Follow up. Can Muslims sell pork to non-Muslims? Can Muslims sell khanzir to non-Muslims? We don't we don't trade in najis. You can sell a, a live pig, yes. A live pig, yes. We, because live pigs have a use, by the way. Live pigs have a function. A, li a living pig, it collects garbage. It eats garbage. Actually, the pig is an amazing source of cleaning the earth. You think it's a dirty animal. It is dirty, but it's cleaning. It's always uh, eating anything. This thing will eat anything. It will eat its own feces. If a pig dies, it will eat that pig, right? It'll just eat everything that's in its sight. It'll even eat styrofoam. So if you're selling a pig uh, for people to a food company, that would be haram. But if you're just selling a pig to another farmer, which I don't know any other purpose of having pigs, I don't think anyone uses it as garbage disposal anymore, right? People just use it for food. So the answer would be no. We don't trade in, the, in what's nudges. We're not allowed to trade in what's nudges. All right. Um, will when will the stream about Nisra Shaban be? Well, it'll either be this week or next week because it's coming around the corner. So maybe this week we'll stream about Nisra Shaban. Can you explain Sajda Tilawa method? Sajda Tilawa. What does that mean? The prostration of recitation it means that certain verses in the Quran that the, the certain the certain verses in the Quran where it requires you or we are commanded in the Quran to prostrate. And they number 15 in number 11 in the Madiki Madhab, 15 in the other Madahib. And there's some difference, different upon ones. For example, Surah Al-Hajj has two. If you, if you are reciting the Quran or intentionally listening to it and you have wudu and the reciter is somebody who could be an imam. So if the reciter is a child, no. The reciter is your wife? No, right? You don't make this edged. She would make this edged. Because the reciter is in a position of an imam at this point, okay? You must be on wudu, and it must be a time where sajda is allowed. In other words, sajda is not allowed after the sun, when the sun is coming up, after from fajr until where it's one, uh, like a spear's length high, or after salat al-asr. And then you make the sajda. So the, the, the sajda is a branch of salat. It requires wudu. The reciter is the imam. And you simply say, Allahu Akbar. You go into sujood. And you say, Allahu Akbar again. That's it. You don't say anything in the sajda? In the sajda, you make dua as you wish. What about uh, listening on the phone or something? To your no, not, it has to be a human. The reciter has to be a human. Like with you? Yes, a human that is, you're either listening into, uh, purposely for ibadah purposes, or you're reciting for ibadah purposes. What is the sunnah fast of Shaban? Nothing specific, but except what's already in the months. For example, the three white days, Monday and Thursday. The three white days being 13, 14, 15. And Imam Malik didn't even view that as like a, a, a heavy sunnah, by the way, just to give you that piece of information. Next question. Can you discuss a little more in depth about the ayah that we are nearer to him than his jugular vein? What does oh, it no, mean? no, no, no. Uh, yeah, Allah says we are nearer to us than our jugular. Okay, what does it mean that Allah says, no, we're nearer to him than his jugular vein in knowledge about us, in some cases, compassion for us, in cases for sure that because compassion of Allah isn't all the time, right? Uh, in knowing what's best for us, 
knowing what we're, we're, we're thinking, what we're, what's in our hearts and what, what we desire so subconsciously that we don't even realize it. And that happens. People desire something so subconsciously they don't even realize they desire it. So Allah Ta'ala has all that knowledge. Can we say, inshallah, after saying this is my last salah for concentration of it may be my last salah I am praying. You could just say to yourself, it could be my last salah. No doubt about that. At least it could be. You may die. Let me be tender, says. <laughs> Elvis throwback here. You know the Elvis song about this? This is, old, this is some old school stuff. Uh, there's a famous Elvis song about something with tender in it. Anyway, she says, or he says, can you explain, please shed light on why all three schools, as far as I know, pray with her, with two Teslims, except the Hanafi. I follow Hanafi school because I'm confused about this. Um, to be honest with you, I really uh, do not know their proof. I'm sure that they have a proof. There's no doubt they have a proof. But you have to ask a Hanafi. You have to ask your, your, your local Hanafi. JJ says, the soldiers who stand up all day for the government talks. When their knees lock, they faint due to standing. Is this sort of culture which involves love for pain in Islam? I don't really understand the question. No, I don't understand it, to be honest with you. Uh, so, uh, they're, they're laughing at the poor guy. Actually, no, I, I think I understand. What is it? We can maybe equate it to when the Prophet would pray to Hajjid so long that his feet would crack. Right? He cracked feet. Yes. So maybe like, not pain, but like, you know, sacrificing your body for the love. Yes, the Prophet did. He made salah until his foot were swollen. That he would lift his feet up to get the blood moving because mm -hmm. the blood has just stayed still almost. And he'd move his feet. This is also, by the way, our proof in the Madiki method of why we pray with our arms down. That that was the origin until the Sahaba, they would, they would pray so long in the Sunnah prayers that they would do this because the blood is just coming down. Then the Prophet gave them the rukhsa. You pray. You may pray with your hands folded, so that the blood doesn't all rush down to the arms, and that that hand folding the arms and that rukhsa was allowed for the sunnah prayers, which are long because nafila farad prayers, obligatory prayers, usually they're not long. If you pray behind an imam, the imam should keep it short. That's in. Um, I compiled that in uh, a little PDF on why uh, the evidences and proofs of why the Madikis pray with their arms arms down. Sadiq says. Can you explain the difference between tawassul and istighatha and shirk? Although these two are category of different things, why do some group uh, oftentimes conflate them? Tawassul is seeking a means to worship them, to, to, to Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala would answer your prayers, that he would draw you near. That's the, the literal meaning of tawassul, anything that draws you near. Salah is tawassul in a sense. It's something that draws you near. Well, the question is tawassul by the anbiya and the salihin. And the meaning of it is, is all rooted in the fact that the belief that Loving the righteous is an act of, is a type of worship of the heart. When I love someone pious, that is the worship of my heart. It's an act of worship of my heart. So when I attribute myself to someone pious, that's also like a deed almost, but it's an internal deed of my heart. So as Sayyid Muhammad Ali al Maliki explains this in his famous book, Mefahim Yajib matters that need to be clarified, Tawassur bis is essentially saying that 
Oh Allah, I love so-and-so just for that sake, because I'm connecting myself with this righteous person whom you love, uh, fulfill my need. That is, and, and for istighatha, for I also like who, I believe it was Juwaini who said that the istighatha uh, that is has no doubt about it and no discussion about it is the istighatha ala sabir tawassul. Istighatha, so the wording may sound like your um someone says um for example whatever the wording forget the wordings but uh the istighatha with the meaning of tawassul that i'm drawing near to allah by the love of this person right so that's that that, that where there's no shirk in that like where's the shirk in it okay you're, you're making dua to allah ta'ala so how is there possibly be shirk there isn't qanita says is there a point you have to should change madhabs if you're moving countries you might think about that if you're going to move permanently to a country that does not have any one of your method. There's no point, right? There's no point okay, to stick with a method. Unless you're saying, well, we have the online world today and we could study online. That's one thing. But let's say I'm a regular Muslim and my whole family's were moving to, let's say, India. I'm going to adopt a Hanafi school. What else am I going to do? Just be stubborn and not learn my fiqh? Uh, Seba Abid says, are braces haram? Of course not. All right? Of course not. My condition is that my top and bottom teeth touch. Over time, they will erode. I have that, by the way. Like my bottom teeth, they're chipping all the time. Yeah. It's like they're chipped up. Um, and she says that it's it's mainly cosmetic. I'm looking via the analogy that nose jobs are haram. No, because the chipping of your teeth is a harm. And the erosion of your teeth is a harm. Right? So that is not just purely cosmetic. And by the way, the, the, you're, you're not changing. The, you're just adjusting. So it's permitted to have braces. I've never seen anyone say for any reason that having braces is not halal. It's halal. Ryan, you're up. Can a Muslim do an act of ibadah and intend a reward for a Muslim who is still alive? No. The Muslim has to be dead. If you're going to do an act of ibadah for somebody else, that that person must have died as a Muslim, then you intend the reward for that person. Huftin says, does fasting Nisra Shaban or Ashura count as an extra fast? I still have to make up Nisra fast in the month of Ramadan. You cannot combine Qadha, which is make up, making up a fast, with a Nafila. Qadha is Fard. Nafila and Fard cannot be mixed. So make up your so so you do your qada first, and then by the way, Nisr Shaban is not a day of fasting specifically. Ashura is the day of fasting. Uh, 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 Yom Arafah is a day of fasting. So there are specific days in the Prophet assigned for fasting. Now you may fast fast Nisr Shaban if you want to, but it's not specifically one of the days that's mentioned as a Sunnah. Can you, can you fast qada on those? Fasting days if you don't make the intention of the sunnah? Yeah, you can fast qada on, on, on Arafah. On Yom, well, Yom Arafah is such a special fast. You can right. fast it as an effort and right. make up your qada later. But if it just happens to be Monday and Thursday, you can do qada on Monday and Thursday. But it, you have to understand you're doing an obligatory fast. There's different rules for an obligatory fast than a recommended fast. Sharif Ala ad din and then we're going to go to Ryan, says... How are we supposed to view in practice the hadith, the one who imitates the people is from amongst them? That is the one who imitates them, 
wanting to be like them. That's the meaning. Not that he has something similar to them, nor that they have influenced them so thoroughly that they look like them. So what's an example of the Western world has influenced the rest of the world so thoroughly that everyone wears jeans and everyone dresses as a Westerner. Nobody walks out of the house dressed like a Westerner or wearing jeans and a, and a T-shirt says, well, today I'm going to be an American, right? <laughs> it's just so commonplace, right? Maybe that was the case in the 60s, in the 70s, right? That may have been the case. Then it would be makru. To imitate a kafir, or to imitate somebody who's, by the way, not only kafir, they conquered you. Why would you want to imitate them? They don't like you. So, uh, but Ibn uh, Khaldun, he always says that the conquered has a complex, and he loves his conqueror. That's just how it is. So, but today's in today's day and age, uh, jeans and t-shirt is nothing. There's other things that you would say for sure you're imitating, right? Like what would you say, for example? Probably certain hairstyles, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, certain hairstyles. Oh, goth, right? There's actually nothing technically haram with wearing a long black trench coat, a black shirt, and black pants, right? And Doc Martin boots, right? <laughs> but if you do that, we, the whole world, society knows you're imitating a certain group of people, right? And that would be makru. Oh, like forehead piercings? Forehead piercings, and yeah, like. A crazy amount of pier- women are allowed to have piercings, by the way. Men aren't. Men aren't allowed to wear jewelry in Islam. It's makru um, slash haram difference on the madhabs. Only allowed one ring, one silver ring. But some, if like if a if a girl was to get all these piercings, like that's a certain group group that that acts like that. There's a connotation that goes with that, so that becomes makru. What about the wedding ring? Wedding ring, yeah. it probably would start off as a Western imitation, but it's just caught on to everyone wears it. Yeah, I never wore my. I, I had mine. It was so heavy, and it was like it would just bother my finger, so I just never wore it. What about those tattoos that the women I've seen in the when I went to Umrah on the chin? What is that? Tattoos on the chin? I think yeah, that's the, Umrah. I've seen a lot of the elder uh, Arab ladies have like these. Tattoos. These like, uh, a lot of Egyptian women who also have like. Yeah, they it's that, not a tattoo, but it's like uh, something. I don't isn't know it a tattoo? I thought I didn't, was it, yeah, it is a tattoo. Oh, okay. Three lines on the chin. That's like uh, I think it's um, Amazigh culture. The Amazigh in Algeria and Morocco, they still have some of the Amazigh culture, right? They even speak Amazigh, the language. So that's uh, some of the leftovers from the Amazigh, but it's haram for us to do. Our teacher told us in the Hanafi Madhab, yeah, um, that they were given a ruksa, which is what they follow. A ruksa for tattoos? Just for that particular. Yeah. That particular group of people. Um, I don't know what the what the like the belief was, but I know that for the Hanif Matab, they were given permission by like all the way like from okay. the time of the setup for something along those lines. But the but the Hanafi Matab isn't in the Amazigh culture. <coughs> I have no idea. To get the information before we <laughs> say that. It was um, I remember Mr. Anthony told us uh, very very like ten years ago. Okay, but hmm. so so if I'll you can get but for the for the Time being, it's not allowed it's for anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. It, for well, the time well, being, the ruling well, is that we're not allowed to have tattoos. Like a clan identification it's type true. thing or whatever. Yeah, we're not allowed to have tattoos. <coughs> I, I love the fact that we're not allowed to have tattoos. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of the Moroccan Algerian brothers whose parents are Amazigh, whose great 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 parents, they all have that. It's a jahili, in our opinion. Like that element, that's a custom, it's a urf murga. It's a custom, but it should be canceled, right? Just because something's a custom doesn't mean we have to accept it, right? Um, M. Hassan Madhar says, explain the need for madhabs and why all four are correct in their own right. That's a course. <laughs> that is a course. But the reason is how they understand the sunnah, how they understand language. That is a course. But over time, inshallah, we can mention certain things like that. Okay. Um, Ryan, what you got before we go to Siku 95? Yes, ZH says, what do I or surah to recite for an evil professional who wants to take away your child? An evil professional wants to take away your child meaning a black magic type of thing no they're talking about like in the uh european countries oh like the um child protective services is trying to take away their kids you have to recite the urad and you have to recite um al kamila right because al kamila has in it dua mixed with salah on the prophet some people ask you know are we allowed to say these different salawats on the Prophet that have other words in it? The answer is, it's nothing other than dua. So the answer is yes, you're allowed to make dua and mingle it with salat on the Prophet. So all of these, and there are many other salawats on the Prophet that mingle in it with it, dua is mingled with it. All right, next, this is from FGA Free. Uh, she's, he or she is asking about Kitab al-Tawheed of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. No, we don't study that. No, we don't study it. And he was, even the Salafis don't even study it anymore. When they come to America and they realize this is like extreme uh, and they mingle with other madahib, then they realize it's not even right. This stuff is not even right. The tashfir and the tashfir. Yasir Qadi's recent feedback on this stuff. Oh, go, why don't you go listen to Yasir Qadi and hear it directly from him because he has more experience with Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. And he gave an interview, I think, with Dili Hussein yeah. recently, the Five Pillars podcast. Yep. So, is one encouraged to give financial support when asked as long as they're able? As a recommendation, as long as you know that it's not going to go to harm the person, such as the person is um, harming themselves with the money, such as taking drugs with the money. If you have certain knowledge of that, then you can give them food instead. But if you don't have certain knowledge of that, then you can, yes, you can recommend it to give people money. Next question. A person eats 100% from the income of a bank manager, which is, so should he pay zakat every year as he understands that his income is not halal? If someone's income is not halal, do they still have to pay zakat? Well, zakat is owed on the savings, firstly, not on the income. That's the first thing. And savings can come from many other sources, income being only one source. So zakat is not on income in the first place. That's a big difference between us and the Western nation, Western tax system. Zakat is on savings, not on income. Um, but if somebody has savings, they're going to pay zakat on it regardless regardless what the source is. Okay. Lila 22. I read somewhere that we should send Salah before and after our dua for their more chances to be accepted. Yes, that is the Prophet Sayyidina Umar said this. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab said, 
your dua is hanging until you make salah on the Prophet afterwards. So you begin with salah on the Messenger before your dua, and then after your dua, and anytime you want in the middle, and that will help it be stronger, fortified, to be accepted. All right, next question is, Hudiana, if a woman is afflicted with black magic, unbeknownst to her, does her breastfeeding child become exposed to this negative energy? If so, what can you do to protect this child? I really do not have any clue, to be quite honest with you. I really do not know what is the solution to someone who she has black magic. Does it go through her breast milk to her baby? You really need to ask an expert. There are some sehr doctors in Queens, Jersey City, Pakistan. I wish I could answer you, but I don't know. Next question. The question. Go ahead. Yeah, so I was talking to John yesterday, and we're saying that, like, you know how taking out a business loan is obviously haram because there's taking out a ribawee business loan. Yeah, yeah ribawee business of loan. Course, but a lot of times, like, um, people kind of like neglect the fact that, like, when it comes to med school or law school or dentistry school, which is still it's still a sort of business loan if you think about it, because yeah. your degree like goes towards. So we kind of don't look towards that, but it's like, yo, if I want to get a loan towards a house or a business, I can't do it. But aren't they pretty much identical? Isn't a business, isn't a medical uh, school loan akin to getting a business loan from a bank? Is yes. Technically speaking, yes. There's no difference. There is no difference. I don't see where there's, uh, in FIP, I don't see any difference. Dr. Hatim and Hatim gave a fatwa saying that the community needs doctors and dentists. So he said, AMJA says that AMJA is the organization, American Muslim Jurists of America. They say that they, they, they came up with a concept of communal need, communal dire need, that the community would be harmed without it and permitting it on that basis only because there's no alternative. That's a fatwa. It's not, I can't give a fatwa. I can just tell you he gave that fatwa. I'm not, I don't even say that fatwa is right or wrong. But you have to, as a listener now, you should be understand there's a ruling and there's a fatwa. Fatwa is for a circumstance and the person can feel comfortable with it or not feel comfortable with it. I'm simply sharing to you that that fatwa exists because Dr. Hatim al-Hajj, he's a very, very respectable scholar, okay? And his fatwa is not going to be based upon wins. You can agree or disagree. I know, for example, the Maliki scholars that I asked, they disagree with the fatwa. Disagree the fatwa does not mean that, oh, they throw him out and he's terrible and he's a source of corruption. No, they simply disagree with the ruling. That's it. But that's his ruling and you can get it on the MJ website. And I'm not a promoting any specific fatwa. But I'm simply telling people this is the fatwa that exists. For your information, if you trust it, you trust it. If you don't trust it, you don't trust it. But the ruling is, it's haram. That's the ruling. So you have to understand there are ahkam and there are fatwa. Now we have the uh, Ma'un Federal Credit Union. Well, now we have the Ma'un Federal Credit Union, and if you want to be part of that, you need to be a member of MBIC. Or ICJ. Or ICJ. Pay your membership dues, and then you could take a Ma'un Federal Credit Union loan, but it's definitely not going to be for medical school anytime soon. (laughs) $200,000, $500,000 It's Elif has a question. Do you recommend... A few tafsir books. I like the tafsir book in the English language called Ma'arif um, al-Qur'an. Ma'arif al-Qur'an. It's by 
the, the Mufti of Pakistan, Osman, oh, what was it? Taqi Osmani's, I think that's his father, Muhammad Shafi, Mufti Muhammad Shafi. And it's a great, it's a good book. And it's on PDF, right? I hate when books get to PDF because the, the author put effort and they should be rewarded for their effort. But it's on PDF. It's voluminous. It's like this. That's one of the really the best ones in the English language. Tuesday night tafsir. Tuesday night tafsir. Oh, well, we have tafsir class, by the way, on ArcView Plus. We do tafsir class and we're reading from Ar-Razi. So we read from Al-Baghawi. We're going to wrap up this week reading from Ar-Razi. Then we're going to read from Qurtubi. And then we're going to read from Nasafi. And we're going to read from the different tafsir. You can sign up to ArcView Plus for that. Al-Parslan says, can you clarify whether or not the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa saw Allah, the uh, Imam al-Nasafi in his explanation of Surah al-Najm, he agrees with Imam Malik that, and Sayyidah Aisha, that what the Prophet saw was Sayyidah Jibreel in his full form because the verse says, وَلَقَدْ and he had seen him in another situation. And that was the day of revelation. But he does say, it has been said that he saw Allah with his heart and he has saw Allah with his eyes. But that's Imam al-Nasafi. I love the tafsir of Imam al-Nasafi. Okay, next go to uh, Mora Blanco. How do you deal with Muslim family members who pray and fast, but otherwise careless about the deen? They do tiyamum with plastic or follow incorrect prayer times, even if it's pointed out to them. You stay away from them if to the point that they are watering down your own iman. You give them the least of what is necessary. If anybody who's harming you physically, you're allowed to stay away from them. Your own dad is harming you physically. You're, you're allowed to run away, right? Uh, from the harm. So we don't cut off our family, but you're allowed to avoid harm. And harm of deen is, is harm, right? If someone's watering down your deen, you're allowed to avoid that. No doubt about it. Hassan Chaudhry, what is the barakah of seeing Sahaba in your dream beside giving uh, dua for them? Seeing Sahaba in your dream is always a great sign that your heart is clear, that it's connected to what's righteous. Does the Prophet have knowledge of the pen and the tablet? Some, most, much of the pen and the tablet. When the Buddha says he has the knowledge of the pen and the tablet, it means much of that knowledge because the hadith, that is, the hadith of the disputing angels said, I felt a hand on my back and a coolness, then all of the knowledge of the heavens and earth. So we could say, is it all of the knowledge of the heavens and earth? Imam al-Haddad says, only Allah has all knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ and the messengers have much of the knowledge. And awliya can have some knowledge, right? So that's when we talk about knowledge of the unseen, that is uh, our understanding and the fatwa of the final word from Sayyidina Imam al-Haddad is what is correct. That only Allah has all knowledge. The Prophet ﷺ and the messengers have much of the knowledge of the unseen. What Allah wants them to know. And then awliya can receive some ilham, etc. on knowledge of the unseen. But the ilham of an awali is going to be a dhanni. Dhanni. So there's levels of certainty Okay, but it's knowledge, but the ilham and the unseen uh, knowledge given to awliyaullah is going to be on the dhanni level, which is, it's not going to be treated as if it's absolute truth. Is it allowed to be a public notary for the state since you have to authorize 
and accept oaths under the state's requirements? The answer is yes, insofar as the oath is on something permitted and you're notarizing something permitted. But if you are notarizing contracts that are not allowed in the Sharia, then that is sinful. Next question, Ryan. Okay, so what is the proper approach to competing with other Muslims when there is only one victor, like in sports or in an industry with limited opportunities? Uh, competing with other Muslims? I think that when Muslims compete in business, we do have to uh, respect certain things. We do have to make sure that no one's truly being harmed. You know what I mean? So I would say that you want to make sure you're competing, but you're not putting anyone on the streets. Sports, you compete as you wish. It's innocent, right? There's no harm. But in business, let's say I have a a, a shop. I shouldn't harm the other shop. I'm competing against him, but I don't have to harm him the way other companies might come in, pull up, put up shop, okay? Lower my prices to kill you. And then once you're dead, I swallow up your shop and your products. And no, I don't think that that's the right way to... You're not going to get a baraka from that. I, uh, and you should believe that Allah's is He's vast. You can succeed without harming others. That's the general principle of business. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think Sheikh Hamza Yusuf uh, shared something about yeah. this as well. Back in the day in, in, in Damascus and Cairo and a lot of other old cities in the Muslim world, this yeah. was a very common tradition to have. Um, it was very normal to have many stalls that sell the same thing because mm -hmm. they were all kind of pulling the customers in that one area. Yeah. Right? And there wouldn't there would be, not in a cartel style, but there would be an agreement of not under cutting each other's prices yeah and there was always um he uh, described that as that when somebody sold enough for the day yeah he would close the shop early so normally yeah. let's say the shop closes at eight but he kind of made his money at five yeah. and he sees that the other shop still didn't you That's know hit their point. target he would close for the day and that way for the next three hours the other shops get the business because he already got his food. Yeah. you know he's not just trying to get the maximum amount possible that's a, good, so I thought that's, that a very interesting that is an, uh, a thing that i heard too that they would if they would uh, sell for the day they would close up and let other people get business so this stuff should not be done by law it should be done by ethics religion that you have a deen and a belief that you're not supposed to harm other people right that's really the key um and if if that belief spreads on people you don't have to make laws on it right the way we have to make laws here Shifshawan says, can I stand intent to fast Arafah as a nafila instead of qada? Yes, inshallah, you can fast the siyam of Arafah and then fast the qada afterwards. Is health insurance haram? If yes, how to avoid it in the U.S.? Health insurance as a contract, the nature of the contract is forbidden. It becomes permissible for us to engage in such a contract because of dire need. It's physically impossible to pay most people, 30 grand for some of these procedures, like a birth. How much is a birth? 30 grand, right? A childbirth. Yeah. Um, certain procedures that you're going to get, the certain medicines, right? I know there's medicines for some um, neurological diseases, 7,000 a month. It'll put you on the street. For that reason, it become, the haram becomes permitted. But as a contract, the contract is haram. Because you're given money, you don't know what you're getting back, Right. 
you don't know exactly what you're getting back. You may get back. Like, for example, a family may use a lot on the health insurance. Another family may go a whole year never using it once. So you actually don't know what you're getting back exactly. On that basis, haram. Um, restricting knowledge for money is haram. Uh, restricting fardain, knowledge of fardain, knowledge is haram. But otherwise, no, scholar, you can sell a book. You can write a book and sell it. You can record a course and sell it. What's haram is fardain, the knowledge that every Muslim must have. Like a Muslim comes and asks me, uh, how do I pray sujood is What do I do if I made a mistake? Right? Sujood is I can't say, well, you have to buy this book. I have to tell him that's fardain knowledge. Every Muslim needs to know this thing. Or it's, it's something that's in his um, uh, he, he, a daily need. Question about the uh, yes. insurance. Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to life insurance, I know there's uh, some will say that's haram if you pay into it. If it's offered to you for free by your company, is it still haram? If your company offers you life insurance for free, you don't pay anything into you're it. You're not paying into it, so it's a gift. Right. Yeah. Brooklyn Bedouin. Great to see you here. Um, in our tradition, it is, is it understood that someone that is of Ahlul Bayt that cannot die as disbelievers? I never heard that, to be honest with you. I don't know. And we know people who are Ahlul Bayt who were maybe uh, like Steve Jobs. His dad was from Ahlul Bayt. Steve Jobs is not Ahlul Bayt in that he's not a Muslim. He was never a Muslim. But his dad was Ahlul Bayt, right? This is a verified thing? It's verified. The wow. Jindali uh, family. Really? Yeah. He's from Jindali family, right? Soldiers of Ali. Mm. So uh, from Syria. That family is known to be from Ahlul Bayt. But we don't call someone who is born outside of Islam and not a Muslim. We don't call him Ahlul Bayt. So yes, he's from the lineage of the Prophet, but... Um, and it's sort of a fact that he died as a non-believer, right? We don't know his state with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what, what he was responsible for, whether he learned or not, uh, Allahu alam. But we can say, I've never heard that just because someone's born out of bait, they'll never be a disbeliever. Uh, Dinadi says, what if you can't read good? Is that supposed to be, I'm, I think he's being funny, right? <laughs> read well. Uh, but that's why we say, fardain knowledge must be taught to the ummah for free. Reminders must be given. Right, general help of the ummah, but certain specialized things, right, are like a tafsir book. All the scholars sell their tafsir books, their fiqh books, they sell them, right? So, next question, Ryan, what you got? What is Lohin Mahfud? What is the Lohin Mahfud? There is a book, there's two books according to tafsir of Imam Siyulti. There is an Ummul Kitab, which is the, where all of the destiny is written. All of the destiny is written as it will happen here in this world. But only Allah has this. Al-Lawah Al-Mahfud, it's almost like it shows that there are possibilities of what may happen and what may not happen. And that, they, that can change by dua. لا يرد القضاء إلا الدعاء And some people said about that, it means that your dua can actually change your fate of your life or it means that you will be protected so that the fate the destiny will come down upon you but you won't be harmed by it and Allah knows best but it can be changed it can be altered and why does Allah do this to give you motivation to make you feel like you're not stuck 
you can change things, right? And so um, that's the concept of a loha mafu. What else you got, Ryan? What is Salatul Tasbih? And are there any extra benefits of reading it on Nif Shaban or any other important nights? Salatul Tasbih can be done at any time. And it is four rakas out loud in which there are 75 tasbihs in each raka at certain locations, like after Fatiha 15, in the Rukuah 10. When you stand up, 10. When you do sujood, 10. When you sit, 10. When you make second sajda, 10. If you add that all up, it's 75. And the tasbih is subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar. These four things. You say this in each of the rakas. So Fatiha, Surah, and then 15. Rukuah, 10. Get up, 10. Sujood, 10. Sitting, 10. Sujood again, 10. That's Salatul Tasabih. It amounts to 300 times repetitions of SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, Wallahu Akbar, and it can be done at any time. There's no set time to, to do it or not do it. Of course, the only time you can't do it is when the nafila is forbidden. Okay. Um, FGA Free says, I was not asking about the Kitab Tawheed. I was asking about him executing many ulama and villages, and we believe that he executed them on an incorrect um, basis. Yes, he executed anyone who did tawassu to the Prophet or who sang the Burda, and he was the only one who either him or his followers, right, that did this, and they treated the Ashaira and anyone who was upon tasawuf to be like a mushrik, so they killed them on that basis. And I'm sure the British were very happy to see that because they wanted to take down the Ottoman Empire. They killed the they, they shot and fired at people who make an hajj. Yeah. Because they were singing, I think, the Burda on the way. They also, I think, that he also declared the Muslims of Egypt also to be... Uh, I think he declared uh, the entire Ottoman Empire as... Well, the, at that point, uh, Egypt had left, but because they weren't denouncing the Ottoman Empire, oh, I see. he Egypt. also declared them also as... Yeah. As, uh, yeah, he, uh, he he's well known for his, uh, even his brother, Suleiman ibn Abdul Wahab, denounced his own brother. Uh, are donations to non-Muslims considered sadaqah, says M. Noreen? The answer is yes. But make sure that it's only donation, not zakah. Zakah has to be Muslim. When when must you choose a madhab, says, and a dog? Um, when you study. When you set your intention to study fiqh, you need to choose a method. You don't go around studying. You study in two different medical schools at once, or you study from one medical school, right? You study from one. When you study FIP, and I'm going to sit here and study from A to Z, you choose a method. Seiku95 is one encouraged to give financial support. What else? We answered that question yet. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? In Surah Hadid, ayah number 24, the word huwa is not written or recited according to Warsh. So, and then if a different Kirat, it is. So how do you explain this difference? I have to look that up. I can't remember. I, I remember someone brought that up to me before. Um, I have to look that up. The question is, Surah Al-Hadid has the word Huwa. And I have to look it up. Uh, JJ says, what does Allah's knowledge is not limited mean? It means there is nothing that Allah does not know. FJA Free says, can you benefit from war increasing prices during a war? Sometimes you have to increase the prices because the cost, your costs go up. So they have to increase prices because your costs go up. And we basically have the concept that a person should not 
be intentionally harming or fueling a war. But if your costs go up, or listen, if if, if Russia's at war, and I'm the only seller of you know the boots to Russia, and their soldiers are wearing out their boots, I don't see that there's anything wrong in raising the prices. I'm not increasing in killing, right? I'm not increasing in it. No one's dying because I'm raising the prices, right? And it's not a necessity. It's not like I'm raising the price of bread or water. So you have to just look at the harm. That's the answer to that. All right, take a couple more, and then we'll wrap up for the day. Uh, Mora Blanco, if you owe Qadat prayer and want to pray Qiyam, should you dedicate the time to Qiyam or Qadat? They say that it should be Qadat all the time. But if you have a system and you fulfilled your system, let's say five qada a day, then you may pray to Hajjud or Tarawih. But qada really should always take the priority. Brian, what you got? Can we close our eyes in Salah says Isra? The answer is only if there is something haram, okay, that you're looking at or distraction, like I can't pray. But otherwise, like in the masjid in your home, you should not. Brian? If one stays up for Qiyam al-Layl, is that a lesser reward than waking up for Tahajjud? Say again. If one stays up Qiyam. all the way until Qiyam al-Layl, is this a different reward for Tahajjud? Tahajjud is a better reward than Qiyam. All right, Tahajjud is a better reward than Qiyam. Um, what's better um, in Fajr in the Masjid? Say if you have to you know, decide between... Fajr in the Masjid is better than Tahajjud. All right, this is an interesting comment from Zenanam. You tell the brother to turn off his mic because he's sniffing. <laughs> I knew it. It's the season. It's the season. So Ryan can mute you until you want to talk. Trying to hold or off push it over. Yeah, I didn't want to move it too much to cause. Yeah. Cozy Chloe says, I was so excited about Nisra Shaban after we talked about it last week, but people said the hadiths about it are super weak, so I'm confused. Don't listen to those people. You won't be confused. They're not super weak. And they are so many as well, right? Uh, an, an entire book I'm going to read to you on Nisf Ashaban. So don't listen to those people. Because even a weak hadith is acted upon at certain times. But when you have many weak hadiths, that meaning becomes sound. And on top of that, when you have some of them are sound, right? So you should have no worry, no concern. The person who told you this, maybe they should read the book that we're going to read from, right? It's a PDF. And they should educate. All right. Hadiana says, do we know anything about the family of Sayyidina al-Imam al-Mahdi? Is he married and a father or is he single? Allahu okay. alam. Um, Allahu alam. We do not have knowledge on that. What is the ruling on drawing? To draw a full, like a, a two-dimensional drawing, if it's a full creature, it's makru. If it's a partial creature, it's halal. Like if the creature could live on its own, it's makru. Because what is the prohibition of uh, drawing and, and taswir is when it's a three-dimensional and it's a full picture, it's a full creature. Human, tiger, bear. If it's full, that means it could live. If it has one of those characteristics, qualities, then it's makru. If it has zero of those qualities, it's halal. So if you just draw a lion face, it's halal, right? 
So it cannot live by itself. A, a head by itself cannot live, right? And it doesn't have a shadow. It's not three-dimensional. It's two-dimensional. So you're in the hadad. That is the Madiki method on that. All right, one more question. Yeah, Ryan, one more. What are the benefits from Salatul Tasabih? What are the benefits of Salatul Tasabih? It's, 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 a, it's a strong nafila because there's so much dhikr involved that usually the person, their khushua, by the end of it, is very high. So your dua, inshallah, will be more accepted and your ibadah in general will be more accepted because your khushua will be very high because of how much dhikr that you did. All right, folks. Jazakumullah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka ilayk. One more came in. What about kids? Can they draw a full creature? Yes. Kids have an exception for statues, which is dolls and drawings. They do have that exception. Um, will we be on in Ramadan? Inshallah, we will be on in the first 20 days of Ramadan, meaning like the Monday through Thursday, but at the last 10, we won't be on. Inshallah. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu as-salihat wa tawassaw bil-haqq wa tawassaw bis-sabr wa ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to strengthen our iman and to increase us in knowledge and in taslim and in khidma of the ummah and in humility and in istiqama and in love of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make easy the situation of the people in Gaza in Sham the Muslims of India, the Muslims of Kashmir, the Rohingyans, the Uyghurs, and all of those suffering in Europe, uh, in Sweden, Norway, France, and all the lands, wherever the Muslims are suffering, we ask Allah Ta'ala to alleviate their hardships. All those Muslims seeking to improve their lives in what is halal and what is blessed, we ask Allah to open the gates of rizq for them. We ask Allah for all those seeking marriage and seeking children and seeking jobs. May Allah Ta'ala make this uh, a dua that is answered. And Allah Ta'ala bless their jobs and increase them and give them what they're looking for and make it a blessing for them in this life and in the next. We ask Allah Ta'ala to increase us in Iman and to increase us in Ilm and Khushu'a and Taqwa and Birr al-Walidain. And we ask lastly that none may be more beloved to us than his most beloved Sayyidul Kawnain, Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam.